Has anybody seen my mojo? It's me, Cindy. It was here a while ago. I was coursing with it. Buckets of creative energy and enthusiasm and the drive and desire to do things. Writing, painting, this, you know, talking to you about whatever. But lately, I don't know, man. Is it the weather? Is it the heat mingled with the humidity that sticks to your skin, gets stuck in your throat and makes everything so much more work than it usually is? I say that as though maybe I can blame it on the weather, but today it's a pretty normal for summer 80-ish. Nothing dreadful or unbearable. Nothing like that recent European heat wave that saw temps around 115 degrees. Now that could kill your mojo. Imagine you packed up all your cares and woes, swapping dollars for euros, and finally taking that dream trip to Paris or London or wherever else. Like you're really going to want to stroll down the Champs-Élysées or head off to the Tower of London when you feel your very life is under threat from the heat. Sorry to all those whose trips wound up being very different than originally planned and imagined. But back to my missing mojo. I don't think it's external forces at work. If it was, I could escape to air conditioning or take a shower for a brief respite. Really, I'm puzzled. And trying to find not just where it disappeared to, but if there's a way I can call it back. And for as much as I'm anxious for its return, I'm trying to be patient in its absence. This weekend, I read a book that had been taking up valuable space in my pile of books to read. Parked on one of those gravity chairs under a shady tree, glass of icy coffee next to me, and I dove in. If I'm not doing anything of my own, I might as well see what other people have been up to. This was an interesting book. That is to say, it started out okay. Complicated, but okay. Okay, wait, now I have to backpedal. Once I was able to sort out the who was who as each new chapter was telling the story of a different character in a different time, once I could wrap my head around that and acclimate as best I could. And the book was reasonably interesting. It told the story, or told one of the stories. One of the stories was about a young woman emigrating from Ireland with the young man she'd fallen in love with. A sort of Romeo-Juliet background. You know, the families hated each other, so they couldn't stay there and be together. It was early 1900s, so we, the readers, crossed the Atlantic in steerage, yuck, went through the sweaty palms of will she or won't she be permitted to enter the country at Ellis Island. She was. He wasn't. He had died during the voyage and had a funeral at sea. I know, I know, I'm getting too much into the weeds, as the expression goes. So suffice to say, you, I, the reader, if they stuck with the book long enough, got involved with the characters and invested in their scattered stories, but here's what sucked, the ending. Not just the last pages, but the last chapters, as the main characters die off and the author gives a cursory page or two to a couple of their children and then their grandchildren, and by then you, I, the reader, doesn't give a hoot about any of them. And then the book is over. I know I should tell you the name of the book, but you don't want to read it. And having said that much, out of respect for the author, let's just call it an experiment that failed, in spite of having been published, so not a complete and utter failure, and leave it at that. So I started over with another book, started as I usually do by reading the prologue, but, but hers was about how she was writing it purely to fulfill a word count that the publisher was expecting and had not yet been met. And so she slipped in a list of words to hit the goal. Funny? Not really. And it should have told me something because when I started reading the book, it was maybe 10, 15, 45% filler. So essentially, this author had managed to convince a publisher to buy a short story that she stretched out to count barely as a full book. So many good books. How is it I had two clunkers in a row? And not just two because I picked another book off the pile. This one, a book written by the guy who founded 1-800-GOT-JUNK. 
I like his company. I like his business model. I like that they have a high quality control. They have good customer service and they do the best they can to recycle, reuse, or restore almost all of what they pile into the trucks and haul away. For me, a woman who can barely stand to throw things away, thinking they're destined to add to some landfill somewhere, it's consolation that I can let go of what I don't need, or some of it, sometimes, if I call when 800 got junk. The book is called WTF, which, as the subtitle illustrates, stands for Willing to Fail, and it's Brian Scudamore's story. It's a super fast read. I was back on a book search within an hour. It has some interesting facts, but again, it's really an extended magazine article more than it was what I think of as, you know, a book. Next, the author of the book that lost its way is not a bad writer. Matter of fact, I loved her first novel. Of course, it had a lot to do with the advertising industry, which may be one of the reasons why. And the book that had that Irish woman character, well, that was her third. So maybe I think Hopefully, her second book is better, better than the third, as good or nearly as good as the first, because I have mastered not only ordering books from the countywide library online, but finding ebook versions of many of the titles I'm interested in. I go to the new user-friendly Libby app and hunt the author's name, find the second book, and have it sent right to my Kindle. I feel no guilt bypassing putting money in the author's pocket, as at least I'm supporting the local library. Plus, what if that too is a disappointment? Turns out in the end, it was. The characters are drawn well enough to become somewhat real, at least enough that I experience glimmers of the emotions that they go through, but the premise is asking a lot of the reader, and the outcome is like, what? I hate when that happens. At least this one still had more of an ending than book three, which limped off to the finish line barely. But it was not what I would call a satisfying ending. And I didn't cry. Bad sign if you're looking for a good review for me. If a novel doesn't move me at the end, it has not done its job and should be fired or at least suspended without pay. But where did this reading marathon get me? Well, it sure didn't get my mojo back. Although there's always this. If a book is really stinky... I take some sort of comfort, some reassurance, and gain a bit of incentive realizing it got published. Like, if a crap book can get published, then it leaves the possibility open that I too could get published. Although, I promise if I write a novel, it will have a very emotionally satisfying ending. And if I ever figure out the end and the middle, I'll let you know and I'll start hunting down a publisher. I already have dozens of beginnings, not to mention twice as many titles written in notebooks and scraps of paper in a file of things I'm writing. So reading a crap book does sort of create a tiny spark towards doing, well, doing something kind of lowers the bar of having to be brilliant. The last book in the pile is one I picked up at a used book sale. It's called A Year of Yes, and it's been in the pile for at least a year or more. The author is Chandra Rhymes. If her name sounds familiar, she is the woman who heads the one-woman empire behind Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, How to Get Away with Murder. And while I never watched any of those shows, I know who she is. And with a title like A Year of Yes, it was not a book I was going to leave behind. She is, as her TV success might suggest, a great, fabulous, engaging, entertaining writer. And one chapter in, I read this. Whatever that spark is that makes each of us alive and unique, mine was gone, stolen like the paintings on the wall, the flickering flame responsible for lighting me up from the inside, making me glow, keeping me warm, my candle 
had been blown out. And I'm like, hey, her spark, my mojo, could be a reason I'm reading this book. And suddenly I'm feeling a little glimmer of optimism, a little twitch of energy, a slight wave of something on its way. And I don't know what or when, but I think it's enough to give me the whatever I need to shake this to wake up and get me gearing back up to making something happen. Plus, I think it's going to be a good book. I'll let you know what happens. And if you want, you can subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast, because mostly it's me, Cindy, just wanting us all to get the best out of life. Who could say no to that?